and talk. All right, welcome to Grow Up and Talk. Oh, wait, I thought I would lead this one. You are, but that's usually my part. We'll take it. Hello, and welcome to Grow Up and Talk, episode I liked mine 7. Better. I liked mine better. Well, mine is professional, so okay. here we go. You're, you're, we're doing it. Leviticus. We're still in Leviticus today, and uh, we're going through the Bible in a three-year Bible reading plan, also known as the five minutes a day plan. Indeed. Now, Leviticus... It depends on how quickly you read, but right. it might be seven minutes a day, <laughs> and it might be very awkward sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We, this is not seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> Pastor Aaron is going to have way too much fun. But, oh, this um, is going to be great. In case you forgot our names, I'm Alex. And I am Aaron. And? Emily. Emily. Emily's going to sit over here awkwardly hoping that it doesn't get I, I didn't read, so I'm not participating. Uh, well, oh. you, you may Is not have read, so? but you may participate. <laughs> Other than, Ooh. Uh, occasional commentary. I think I think eventually we should get to the point where we can actually video record like Emily's facial expressions <laughs> as we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> because it adds so much to the ambiance. All right. So All right. we are suspensefully, is that even a word? Yes. Suspensefully uh, preparing you to go through Leviticus chapter 7, Verse, oh no, wait, that was last that week. That was last week. Um, that Leviticus, was technically just a few minutes ago, <laughs> but it was actually last week. We won't tell them. <laughs> Leviticus uh, chapter 13 at the end, all the way to Leviticus chapter 20. And these are the readings from March 14th to March 20th. Excellent. And Pastor Alex, you um, you read through this and kind of prepared some um, some insight and answers on these. And I'm so excited because you have no idea what questions I'm going to ask. And there is some wonderful, wonderful things. I am very to, concerned. Yeah, I, I bet you are. Um, and so you uh, you read these uh, seven uh, seven sections, uh, five minutes a day. And what I want to ask you first, just kind of give us a quick overview of what you read and what we're going to find out in this uh, this section of Scripture. Okay. So first... At the end of chapter 13, and the readings for Leviticus, they kind of bounce around a little bit at some point. I think uh, the reasoning behind that was to kind of categorize some of the laws a little bit more with our our three-year Bible reading plan. So we start out talking about leprosy or leprous um, diseases that are uh, in clothes or in garments. And um, so I think in looking more into that, that actually just has to do with like mold or mildew or uh, weird thing growing on your animal skin clothing Mm, yeah, Um, Uh, or linen clothing, whatever it may be. And then first question for Pastor Alex. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then they talk about um, laws for um, how to, cleanse houses uh, when building materials get like mold or mildew. And they use the same term. They use the term leprous, Mm. uh, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the general term that's used. It doesn't necessarily mean leprosy as we know it today. But anyways, so we talk about that uh, for clothes and then building materials. And then we get into the really interesting part, which is on bodily discharges. All right, question number two. Um, (laughs) Go ahead, yeah. (laughs) oh this is just great (laughs) so we get into bodily discharges and that will be an interesting conversation Mm -hmm. then we uh, talk about in chapter 16 the day of atonement which has a lot of uh, christ connection to it um, where 
Aaron, the high priest, is told um, to sacrifice these two goats and um, to atone for the sins of himself, his, his family, the holy place, the tabernacle, and the people of Israel. And he does that in two different ways with two different goats, and that's really important for later. Um, then it says in chapter 17, make sure that if you're going to kill something, you kill it as a sacrifice at the tabernacle. Don't do it anywhere else. Mm. Otherwise, you're dead. Ooh. I know. Ooh. Yeah, that man. was intense. So they weren't like big hunters. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Um, then it talks about unlawful sexual relations. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, don't do things with your relatives. Uh, <laughs> uh, question number three for Pastor Alex. Okay. Thank sure. you. <laughs> and... Uh, then 19 talked about how God is holy and how we or how he wants the people of Israel to act like him in the way that they treat uh, their, their neighbors, um, even servants and uh, people who have disabilities. Um, so be kind to your neighbors and keep God's laws and act like God the way that he wants you to. And then it talks about um, in chapter 20, do not sacrifice your children. And <laughs> I know. It, it seems like we're jumping to a lot of different extremes, but the underlying theme for this whole thing, the, 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 if you get one thing out of this podcast, is that God calls us to be different than people who do not follow him. Oh, so, so look different than the rest of the world. So the rest right. of the world at this time was doing a lot of these things. The rest of the world at this time was, they were just going around doing whatever with their relatives. They just kind of did whatever they wanted to do. Mm. And there wasn't necessarily a moral code or anything binding them uh, to treat the marginalized or the disabled in a kind way okay. or to treat their children as special gifts from God. Um, and so God is wanting the people of Israel, his people, to be holy and set apart, different than the rest of the world. And keep in mind that he is also, they're at Mount Sinai when Moses is getting all of these instructions that are in the book of Leviticus. And he is not only preparing them um, for how to live on their journey to the promised land, but he's having, he's preparing them on how to live while they're in the promised yeah. land. So this is almost like um, like a scrimmage, like before they get to the real game in the promised land and they face the big you know, battles. It's like, okay, we're going to practice now, um, you know, how to not sacrifice our children. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, cool. So, so I want, there are so many things that I just yes, want to there throw are at so you many here. things. Um, um, but the, the key thing is, um, actually, I lost my train of thought. That's okay, because <laughs> you probably lost your train of thought because I you know. just know that I'm getting ready to just oh, assault boy. you. So right, just, just, just let me just help you a little pastoral training here. When when you have one section and to, to prepare and I have another section to prepare, and I say, hey, which one do you want to do? And you say, I don't care, and I come back right away, and I say, I know which one I want. You can pretty much guess that the one I left you is going to be the one about bodily <laughs> discharges and the, and, and uh, uh, unlawful sexual relations. So um, let's get into 
this section of scripture. What is it? Uh, I'm going to let you go first. What stood out to you? Um, <laughs> what didn't stand out in this section? But what what was important to you in this section? <laughs> All right. Well, one of us has to be professional about these things, and oh, so that's going to be that me rule. today. Uh, that usually is me. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Um, really, there's this uh, common thread of with um, when God is wanting people uh, who are unclean, according to His word, they are unclean. Mm-hmm. Um, he's wanting th- He's uh, wanting them to become clean again. There's a common, um, I guess, remedy for that, and that seems to be um, similar in all of the different cases. So there's a washing of clothes. There's a washing of yourself, bathing, and there's even a waiting period. And you usually wait until evening uh, in the case of temporary uncleanness. Um, and that's probably at sunset. Um, and then uh, with certain things that are unnatural, like if you have a uh, bodily discharge that's, not, that, that's because of a sickness or something, or there's like some mold in your house that's really, really spreading... If there's something that's unnatural, then that requires a sacrifice. So it seems like Dude, some my boys yeah. need some sacrifice going on in their bathroom at home, man. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about, I mean, let's 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 think about it seriously for a moment. Like, if you see mold or mildew spreading in your house, or mm-hmm. y- there is something unnatural going on, you're not going to be. You're you're first of all, you're going to clean your bathroom. You're gonna do that usually. Right, unless you're most logical handling. people would clean their bathroom. Right, right. Teenage right. boys. Don't but if you do. have the flu, you're not gonna go um, to school. You're not gonna go to your workplace. Mm-hmm. You're going to do that to protect the people around you, and that and it is an act in itself of loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, a lot of these things we we talked about the whole idea of you know being being clean in God's presence, being holy. But also, I think it reflects his character and how we ought to love our neighbors, how we can trust God in every little thing that we're doing. Um, so that kind of stood out to me, yeah, and how that, there was a common way to become clean and wash yourself again. Right, and it's interesting, too, to me, like, you know, they did not have the scientific understanding right. that we have these days about what mold is and how it spreads, and, right. you know, uh, and so... What God is doing here, you know, a lot of times people will talk about, I can't believe in the God of the Bible because he had all these laws, all these regulations. Many of these laws are like, hey, here's how you don't die if you do <laughs> if you yeah. do these things. Like if and here's and he's helping them without going, well, this mold has these spores that will spread through. And right. he's just going, hey, look, you're gonna do this, and you're gonna remember that that even this infestation of mold is a result of the brokenness of sin in this world, and so you're gonna make a sacrifice for that. And so there's gonna be a there's gonna be a blood offering it. So that no, that's you know, with yeah. all the stuff that was in this section, <laughs> I, I'm glad that that's something that stood yeah. out to you. That's a great um, a great. What else? What else stood out? Um. Well, let's see. Um. Yes, yeah, chapter sixteen with the Day of Atonement. Mm, this was really, yeah. really, really interesting. Um. So. Essentially, there are two goats that come into play. (laughs) (laughs) The Day of Atonement happens once a year. For this podcast, I have brought in some goats. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Lord Jesus, please help us to keep on track. Amen. So there are two goats that come uh, into 
this uh, Day of Atonement, which happens once a year. And the whole idea of the Day of Atonement is that it's this day where Aaron, the high priest, is going into the Holy of Holies. And that doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen every day. No, it happens once a day. Once. Or sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Once a year. Once a year. (laughs) It's been a long day. It has been a long day. You need to go in the Holy of Holies, brother. Okay, go ahead. So he goes once a year into the Holy of Holies. And oh my I'm sorry, right. that was my bad. I didn't mean to distract no, you. No, like that that that, okay. that was your bad. That really was really was. distracting. I am. Um, I am anyways, guilty. I forgive you. Thank you. I release you. Day of Atonement. Sacrifice. All right. So Day of Atonement. We're back on track here. Happens once a year, and it's to <laughs> it's to atone for the sins of all of Israel. Um, all the sin that's in the land is God's way of uh, cleansing everything. So there are two goats. Mm-hmm. We're back to the two goats again. Right. One is for a sin offering. So that goat is killed. The other is what we know as a scapegoat. That's where that term comes from. That is where that term comes from. Boom. So the goat that you kill is a sin offering. It atones for the sins of Aaron, his family, the holy place, the people. Okay. The second goat, what Aaron does, the high priest, is he takes that goat and he places his hand on the goat, and he confesses out loud the sins of the people onto that goat. And so I'm thinking in some way he would have had to keep track. Well, yeah, you know, but as we looked at the last section too, every time there was a sacrifice, like somebody's putting their hands on this, it's it's almost like just a a physical um, confession, uh, a recognition, like, all right, this is my animal. These are my sins. I'm putting all this before the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the the second goat where he confesses the sins and then sends that goat out into the wilderness, um, that goat reminds us of how we confess our sins, and Jesus promises that when we do, he is faithful yeah. and forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and I think that's in First John. There you go. Um, and... That reminds us of how Jesus takes our sins upon himself and takes them away. Mm-hmm. He is like the scapegoat. Right. The other goat is the sin offering that gets killed, and so Jesus takes the punishment for our sins. Mm-hmm. So not only does Jesus take our sins away, but he dies as a result of that. And so this Day of Atonement points to Jesus' ultimate atonement, where he pays for the sins of the whole world mm-hmm. and takes them away for good. Yeah, some some great um, foreshadowing of all of all yeah. that's going to happen, and even the fact that Jesus himself was taken outside the camp, you know, outside of the, the walls to be crucified, um, just like the goat ah. was let outside the walls to. I didn't take even it. think about that. There's all kinds of just. I mean. It, yeah, it's yeah. God kind of knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Real quick, yeah, and I, I'm, you're just really worried. I'm gonna start asking questions. That is also <laughs> true. Um, it was interesting to me um, to see in this chapter, and this is a point that maybe we can come back to later at the end. But um, spiritual things mm. are also physical, and what I mean by that is God always seems to connect himself with physical stuff. Uh, I mean, that's what he did in Jesus. Jesus is both God and man. Uh, That's what he does with 
the whole like atoning thing, sacrificing animals and, and, and whatnot. But even when people had to cleanse themselves from bodily discharges, unnatural and natural, mm-hmm. um, even when people had to cleanse themselves because they committed something that was really bad and really messed up or their house was, um, you know, infested with mold or mildew or fungus, they had to go through all of these physical actions and the physical actions reminded them of how God was working in their lives, I think. So yeah. like how could you and how could you forget about God mm-hmm. if the whole time like it seems like very often in your life, in your daily routine, in the month, you're going through all of these different rituals and trying to obey all these cleansing laws that he has for you, and it reminds you of the spiritual action that God is doing in your life. And so some people uh, have mentioned before, like, oh, when when you wash your face in the morning, you remember your baptism um, and how God claimed you and called you righteous in your baptism. Well, I think we lose a lot of that um, connection to those physical things sometimes uh, in our lives today because we don't always um, we don't always make those connections. Right, and you know you'll even hear people make fun of you sometimes for like when you say, "Oh man, I really see God in this." When when you can explain it away with science right. or explain it away with coincidence or whatever, but the more we can connect God to every single thing that happens, we're, that helps us to actually look for Him and listen for Him when He's there. And so, uh, let him make fun of me. Yeah. Man. So all of these things are really weird in these chapters. Like it just seems really strange. Mm-hmm. But if you set that aside a little bit, set aside the shock for a second, and re- realize that God is working through these um, these laws sometimes just in a very practical way, right. and I think a lot of times in a way of saying, "Trust me, uh, be clean for me." Uh, or I'm the one who cleans you, mm-hmm. but also as a reminder of how God is always with them and, and every little thing that they do. So that's kind of one thing that stood out to me is how all the spiritual things are connected to physical things. Absolutely. And that we, we could probably talk on that for a really long time. Yeah, we but could. I want to get to some of this other stuff. So what's a, what's something as you were reading that really gave you some concern or confusion <laughs> or whatever? Well, I'm going to go there. Yeah. And uh, in chapter 15, verse 16, it talks about bodily discharges in uh-huh. chapter 15. But it says, um, if <laughs> all right, I'm going to be mature here. Come on. It's about growing up here. Absolutely. If a man has an emission of semen, he shall bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until the evening. Right. So for me, this is this was kind of... This was uncomfortable, first of all, mm-hmm. you know, because it has to deal with sex. And I think sometimes we don't talk Let's about talk that about as much. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. Uh, and you're making it worse. All but right. anyways, I think that we don't talk about uh, sex as often as we should, especially in our society. Um, but it, it is kind of we- it was a little weird for me to see how, like, the guy needed to cleanse himself of something that is natural. Even the mm-hmm. women with their menstrual cycle, like why are, you know, and a guy has sex with a woman who's, mm-hmm. you know, on her period, why does he need to go through this cleansing? Because I thought 
sex was a, or I, I don't think, I know sex is a good thing that God created. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird or uncomfortable for me seeing how God was commanding this cleansing ritual mm-hmm. or cleansing remedy um, in something that is his creation, is pure and good. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, to me, it goes back to some of the stuff we talked about last time that there is no aspect. I mean, I can't take a millisecond out of a day where I am not impure. And, uh, and that many times the natural things that we go through, like we have to, we, that we have to even, we have to be cleansed from just our nature. Um, you know, we confess if, if you take the, um, the old liturgy, I confess that I am by nature sinful and unclean, um, that I have sinned against you in thought, word, indeed, like thoughts, my thoughts, like a lot of times thoughts pop in my head that I did not try to put there. Right. But those are things I have to be cleansed from. Hmm. And it's a, to me, it's the same kind of a thing. It's the same kind of an emission, if you will, right? That's going <laughs> to come out that just that, that just happens. And so um, one of those things, like, you know, think about that. I mean, be, okay, take a, a prepubescent boy going into puberty, right? <laughs> you got the wet dreams going on. And you, all of a sudden, like, now you got to be cleansed from this thing that just happened. He didn't do anything to it. It wasn't like, you know, he was, you know, hiding in the bathroom or anything. He was just like, boom, this is happening now. I got to be cleansed because... Well, because by nature we are sinful and unclean. <laughs> and it's not that semen is unclean. It's not that sex is unclean. It's not that I am. Mm. But but it is that because uh, I live okay. in a broken, sinful world, there is there is still that uncleanness that's a part of every, every good thing has been tainted. Um, and yet everything good is from God, and he makes it good again. Okay, so Jesus wasn't born with original sin. Right. So he from his birth he was clean and holy and good. So he is removed from the things that the prepubescent boys Well, okay, so so are through. you saying did Jesus have wet dreams? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so no, here's the here's the deal. And like this this may be oh, the episode man. this may be the episode that like I get fired over. Like I lose my ordination, but that's okay. Um so <laughs> no, here's okay, let's go back again to last time when we talked about my um, cheeks are red, by the when way. When Mary and G- Mary took Jesus to the temple for purification, that purification was for her and for Jesus. All right, because okay. this was part of law. Think about hmm. other stories in the New Testament when they went to the ta- to the temple. Jesus paid the temple tax because that was okay. part of the law. Jesus kept the law um, yeah. and he kept it perfectly. And so, what his body is going to do? I mean, we know that like there's nowhere in the Bible that says like you know Jesus. Um, <laughs> used the bathroom or, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't read, you know, some of these more uh, blech kind of things, but we do know like Jesus touched dead bodies. Yeah, that's and, true. And so we're not told that did he go and make the purification okay. thing after, but we know that he did because he had to keep the yeah. law. You know, okay. and and so, thought, uh, you know, okay. that we we would we would assume that he did. There, but okay. there's also those things where the Pharisees accused him of breaking the law, and Jesus said, "Yeah, but look, David broke the law in this way." And you say, and so Jesus is challenging, you know, saying the law. And remember the Sabbath laws. Yeah, you know, Jesus broke the Sabbath laws at time according to the Pharisaical law. Okay, but Jesus says the law was the the Sabbath was not made for man, but man for the snow. No, no, (laughs) man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for man, right? And so Jesus understands from his father. His father has told him this is you know, um, so it's not an easy answer. Yeah, uh, and it is a weird thing to talk about, but 
But yeah, you know, there would have been things that Jesus kept the law for, even though... I wonder if Jesus ever got sick. But we can talk uh, about that another time. (laughs) But that's just something to think about, you know? Because usually I think of sickness as like a sign of brokenness. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I don't know. Like um, as soon as he gets six, he goes. He goes. Oh, my faith has made me well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. Anyways, we. Uh, so, all right. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Let's take a short break, and um, we will come back here in just a minute and talk about some really fun stuff before Ooh. we wind up. All right. Okay. We'll see you soon. Welcome back. We are here at Grow Up and Talk, ready to finish out this section, this very, very awkward section in some ways of, uh, of Leviticus. Um, and I'm just going to have so much fun with this last part with Pastor Alex because, <laughs> I mean, he already broke the ice, you know, with the semen and uh, emissions and things like that. So I'm uh, proud of you for <laughs> oh going there. Goodness. But um, <sighs> but uh, let we, one question I did not ask you is, through this section, is there anything that points to or gives you great hope through the things we read here? Yeah, in um, chapter 17, verse 14, it talks about, um, well, in chapter 17, God is saying, only kill animals and sacrifice them at the tabernacle. That's the place where you are to uh, kill creatures. Um, And if you end up drinking, or he's saying, don't drink the blood of any animals um, because... In verse 14, for the life of every creature is its blood. Its blood is its life. Um, And so he's saying, therefore, you shall not eat of the blood of any creature um, because its life is in its blood. So um, I guess this is another one of those instances where God is um, commanding his people to be different than the other nations. I'm kind of guessing that the other nations, especially the ones in the the land of Canaan and the promised land, um, were probably drinking the blood of animals. Oh, right, right. You know, when they would sacrifice animals to their gods, they probably were drinking blood and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. God is saying, don't be like them, be different because the life of an animal is in its blood. So it's, in a way, God asking them to honor his creation yeah. in a much different way than the the people around them mm-hmm. uh, would be. Yeah, uh, but yeah this, it's, it's a life is sacred yeah. kind of a thing, too. You right, know, like, life is sacred. If you're going to take the, the life of this animal, like, are you going to make another one? Can you, can you like, put yeah. this blood pumping through it again? So, right. yeah, cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, you're good. Um, it also points to Jesus. Because Jesus says, you need to uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood. He Ooh, says that in John yeah, chapter yeah. 6. Six yeah. And uh, that's when a lot of people just up and leave. And no wonder, because um, the law was that you don't drink blood of a creature. <laughs> and because, especially a human. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so this would be a really radical and strange thing for Jesus to say. Um, but it points to our what we call our sacrament of communion, where Jesus says, this is my body and this is my blood. And that might seem kind of weird. We don't know how that works. It's a little strange, but Leviticus is about trusting God. The New Testament is about trusting God. Jesus calls us to trust him 
even when it's strange. Yeah. But it's interesting because the life of a creature is in its blood. So when we drink the wine, the blood of Christ, it's literally the life of Christ living inside of us. Ooh, I think yeah. I read something about that somewhere. Paul says, I no longer <laughs> live, but Christ lives in me. Yes, he so. does. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I got a few questions for you and Emily here. Um, Emily just gave the biggest <laughs> eye roll I've ever seen. Um, All right, let's you went go. Up, you went up through uh, chapter 18, correct? Chapter 20. Chapter 20. Oh, good. That's even better. Okay, so the first one is, um, as we uh, look in a place to sacrifice, you were talking about the accurate place or the appropriate places to sacrifice. Chapter 17, verse 7 says uh, that, you know, here's how you're going to sacrifice. And 7 says, so they shall no more sacrifice these sacrifices to goat demons after whom they whore. And so uh, I was just like, I was looking at that going, this was a thing. Like, yeah. People sacrificing to the goat demons, and it says you're not gonna you're not gonna do this anymore. Like this is maybe a temptation for you, right. you know. And so my question is, you know, app, life application now. How does that apply to us? Because I don't think I have not ever been tempted to sacrifice <laughs> to a goat demon. But what what does that mean for me today? Well, um, a lot of these things have to do with God preparing the people of Israel to live a completely different way than any of the nations around them, any of the people around them. He's especially preparing them. And I don't, I can't remember if I talked about this while we were recording or not, <laughs> but uh, he's especially preparing them to enter the promised land oh, yeah. because there's going to be a lot of temptation in the promised land. And actually the, we can relate to the Israelites a lot more once they're in the promised land, I think. Um, mm, okay. Maybe, maybe there were. I think there there's, were other nations around in of, the wilderness. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Never mind. Mm. But anyways, we can relate to their situation because there were the these other nations, other people behaving a lot differently, um, and tempting them to sometimes make sacrifices to other gods or uh, sleep with people in their family. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that, or even sacrifice their children. And, right they were sometimes intermingling with these other people mm-hmm. and God did not want that. Right. And we see that. I mean, even in the, like the native American cultures and things like this, you know, the Aztecs and the Incas and the Mayans, they were sacrificing their children to these fake gods. Um, but th- it was such a deeply ingrained part. Like it wasn't weird to them, you know, it was right. like, yeah, this is how we appease the volcano right. God or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, you, you, you make a really great point there, how these things can continue to be yeah. practical to us. And um, so yeah. the way that it applies to us today is uh, Christ calls us to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think sometimes we are not different enough? I do think that sometimes we are not different enough. I think the American culture is a lot about, uh, or actually the way our American society is set up um it is very easy for us to fit in and be just like the rest of uh, society or just like other people who don't follow Jesus. I'm not expecting people who don't claim to uh, claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'm not expecting them to live uh, according According to to God's word, but God expects us to live um, in a Christ-like way. And so he expects us to be different um, than people who don't follow him. So, yeah. 
I think as, sometimes as, we can fit in far too much. I've got four kids, and anytime they start some new fad or some new way of dressing or new haircut, it's always like, I'm trying to be my own person, but like all of their friends look exactly the same way. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. You're just trying to fit in. Um, but anyway, um, was curious about this. Um, if a man... If a man lies, Emily, if a man lies sexually with a woman who is a slave assigned to another man and not yet ransomed or given her freedom, a distinction shall be made. They shall not be put to death because she was not free. So why is it that if you lie with a female slave, it's not as bad as if you're lying with like someone who's not a slave? <laughs> I just had to. I just had to. It's... It, it is funny that, you know, there are these kind of caste yeah. systems and these cultural things that kind of get thrown in there. And um, one thing that I would point out, because a lot of people <laughs> will point to this actually in actual arguments okay. I see online, is in um, chapter 19. If you read through Leviticus 19, you're going to be kind of convicted in some cases because some of these things are going to be things that we've done. You shall not make cuts on your body. Well, it says cuts on your body for the dead, but a lot of people, or tattoo yourselves, right? Right. Um, I'm out. Like I've got tattoos and that's Ooh. like, Uh-oh. Do, am I now you are losing I am, your I am, ordination? Today. I am losing my ordination today, but <laughs> we're but just joking. By the way, this Disclaimer. is where we, this is where we, <laughs> this is where we read. It's good to know the whole story that, yeah. that Jesus came yeah. like, um, this is, I didn't even think about this until just now, but Jesus, we don't hear anything about him while he was on earth getting tattoos. And no. yet, and yet, in the story of Revelation, ah. when he's on the white horse coming down, it says that his name is emblazoned, like tattooed on his leg, wow. right? And so, like, maybe Jesus is going, yeah, I already took care of that, and now I'm getting tatted up. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, if you think about it, Jesus's uh, marks, the nail marks mm -hmm. are present um, on him after his resurrection. Yeah. And, and so he is heaven, for, yeah. after that, he's forever known as Christ the Crucified. And so he, he, he will have those marks on him uh, when we see him again. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I, I had one professor who once said that the wounds in Jesus' body will not be gory in heaven. They will be the most beautiful thing that we see there hmm. because it's a mark of what, what has brought us our salvation hmm. and what, what got us there. So um, the, the last one I want to get at, and this actually is actually a serious one, uh, verse 31 of chapter 19 do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and so make yourselves unclean. Uh, we still have things like Ouija boards and psychics right. and tarot cards and things like this. And a lot of things people say, it's kind of just playing around. This is kind of just, you know, oh, or some people go, you know what? My psychic really told me some really helpful stuff. Talk to me about that. Um, I think that there's, I, we, we always want to be careful with those kinds of things. We want to, um, be looking into like where our heart is at and uh, these kinds of things. Um, you know, sometimes this question get comes into play when people talk about like watching certain TV shows and that kind of thing. Um, there is a difference between watching a TV show that, you know, fantasizes about like, you know, vampires versus demons or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and actually, you know, playing around with, you know, a Ouija board because you're like, oh, let's see what happens. Let's see right. if, you know, something spiritual or something spooky really happened. And so there can be a fine line sometimes. You kind of have to examine where your heart and mind is at. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't necessarily, you know, I don't know. See, I'm yeah. I'll tell you for me, I'm just going to tell you where I stand on. I, I stay as far away from any of that stuff as possible. Okay. I've seen, I have, I've told you this before. I've seen some horrific, scary, demonic stuff. Uh, I know of people who have just with Ouija boards, crazy, crazy experiences that are demonic. Um, I know that you can, I believe that I could go to a psychic today and she or he could tell me what's going to happen for me tomorrow. And I'm going to believe that. And what is that? That's Satan taking my trust off of Jesus and putting it into somebody else. And so it's not a matter of, can they tell me? Well, Satan was able to make himself into a snake and convince Adam and Eve to do some stuff that wasn't right, even though he was true in what he said. It looks good for food and it's going to help you gain knowledge. Yeah, it does. And it's exactly what God said he doesn't want for you. And so um, the Bible does not say sin is a fine line watch out for it. The Bible says Satan is a roaring lion seeking to devour you. Stay as far away from it as, as you possibly can. And so that's kind of where I fall on it. Uh, right. So I, I don't know. I got like serious real quick. No, there, no, no yeah. you're good. But I think, well, the thing that I want to, I, I don't necessarily, I guess the stuff Finish I'm... Finish sentence. I Come know. on. <laughs> you're making me uh, feel uncomfortable. Um, but anyways, the thing that I don't want people to think like they're doing horrible sins if there's like a board game that oh. just happens to be about a haunted house or something like that. Right, right, right. You know, for me that or, or like somebody's watching a TV show and like part of the TV show is just like um Well for instance, when I was a kid, some, my dad would not let me watch the Smurfs because right. Gargamel <laughs> was a warlock. Right. right? And, you know, and there's so a difference yeah. between reading Harry Potter and actually like thinking that Correct. actually going to someone who's if like claiming were, to do witchcraft yeah, if or if I'm whatever. seeking a Ouija board for guidance, if I'm looking to right. a psychic for guidance, if I am looking to anything other than Jesus and his Holy Spirit right. for guidance, then I'm on the wrong track. Right. And so that's what I'm getting at yeah. is with the whole like I have knowing never, where your heart... I've never sought out ice cool for guidance, so... <laughs> that is a board game, by the way. But yeah, and so... And I am currently sitting with the Midwest champion, right, of, of ice More cool. than that. North what? American runner-up, North American runner-up. Anyways, <laughs> that's a good question, though, um, that yeah. you were talking about. Um, and I think... You know, what you're saying is, is exactly right. Jesus is our foundation. Mm-hmm. And so that that is the bottom line here. Jesus is our foundation. We're not looking to those other things. Um, and, and we should be very uh, careful about that. Um, so to sum yeah. it all up, is there anything that you feel like we have not covered that you want to hit? Man, if you haven't covered, we haven't covered it yet, man. It's The main thing is that, you know, God calls us to live differently today. And does I this think go along with the consecration thing from last time, kind of? This does go along with that. And also all of these really strange laws that to us, some of them seem really obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem really extreme and that for us right now, but in that day and age, exactly. they were not that these yeah. were not that extreme. These things were happening all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think nowadays we we fit in a lot with how we we don't we think that like you know talking about somebody behind their back isn't that big of a deal mm-hmm. um, because our a lot of people in society say it's really not that big of a deal right and right. so I think it's important to think about the things that um, our culture is telling us you know oh these these behaviors yeah. these things yeah. are okay and we should think about those uh, things and examine okay 
am I really following God? Am I really mm-hmm. being as different as I'm supposed to be right. here? Right. Um, I think that line between Jesus followers and non-Jesus followers right. gets blurred a lot more uh, today than yeah. it did back. Well, and it is confusing because and, we'll read some of these laws and we we'll go, obviously, we don't want right. to make, I'm not going to make my daughter a prostitute. It tells me to, right? But at the same time, it tells me not to eat pigs and uh, hello, bacon, right? Um, <laughs> and so it, it, it can get confusing that, you know, God has redeemed us from uh, these laws. And at the same time, there are certain one, there are certain aspects of the underlying understanding and concept of it. He's like, no, this is free forever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all right. Okay. You ready for the last question? Uh, yes, Emily, please. Are you ready? Because it's going to be fun. This one is going to... Are you well, saying... Well, the word? other ones were fun. <sighs> now I don't even want to ask my question. You caught me I off guard like... with the uh, demon... All right, all right. Ouija so, board question. I'll be honest. Here's the question. <laughs> if you had the power in and of yourself to make one fast food restaurant on this earth <laughs> disappear forever, which fast food restaurant would it be oh. and why? I would make McDonald's disappear. Whoa. Because it would change the history of fast food. Um, because why McDonald's, do you want to change the history of fast food? It would just be interesting to see how it played out. Oh, wow. Of course, there was that movie, The Founder, about how the guy who ended up becoming like the CEO of McDonald's just totally manipulated people and like did this whole like switcheroo sort of thing where he just g- grabbed the idea and the business from the guys who were the originators huh. of the Mickey D's like yeah, burger yeah. or whatever. And I'm pretty sure McDonald's was like the guy who sort of, quote, founded McDonald's, um, did it in a really mean way. Oh, wow. So maybe that's another reason. (laughs) We may have to edit this part out and make sure it's not like libel or slander. So, (laughs) So, all right. So, Emily, which one would it be for you? Um, That's a hard one. Yeah? Because I was going to say McDonald's for the same reason. Oh, wow. But now I have to be original. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, all of the like fried chicken ones <gasps> because oh. I'm not a fan of fried chicken. Well, you're not from Texas either. Right. Yeah. You're not a fan of fried chicken. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. I don't even know which one I would do. That's why I ask the questions and don't answer them. All right. So, but if you have a question mm-hmm. uh, about the Bible, not about fried chicken, email your questions to grow up and talk podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll try to answer them. (laughs) Just like we try to answer all these (laughs) questions today. We tried. Have a good evening. Peace. Bye.